Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Happy Tuesday, it's me, Danco, keeping you company on your money. Now, joining us to break down the latest market actions is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Dan. All right, Ryan, we first turn our attention to the small cap sector in the US. After news of the benchmark Russell 2000 index turned negative for the year last night. Now, the small cap barometer lost 1.6% on the day, and that's pushing its year-to-date performance to a loss of 0.2%. Now, by by comparison, the large cap-focused S&P 500 and the Nasdaq Composite are up 11% and 26% respectively. So, does this indicate anything about the health of the U.S. economy for small cap sector? Yeah, typically when you talk about small caps, they are the smaller companies, the SME, so to speak, the smaller mom and pop businesses. And they are a good reflection of how the U.S. economy or at least any economy is when you look at all these small businesses. So if they're not doing well, then it would reflect that perhaps the economy is not doing well. So that's what the thinking here is. So for the first time this year, the benchmark Russell 2000 has gone into negative territory. So into year-to-date loss of 0.2%. So thinking or at least question now being asked is, is that a sign of the US economy drifting lower, at least in terms of growth? Mm. So that is going to be, I guess, answered in a few ways. Uh, One is perhaps it is more sensitive when you think about how small caps or small businesses are more sensitive to interest rate movements. When you have higher interest rates, businesses who are smaller will be under pressure more because they have to borrow money and repay them at higher interest rates. And these things can cause more strain to smaller businesses. And with the creeping up or climbing in bond yields, uh, that would mean borrowing rates would stay elevated or even higher. So Mm. that's something that could be putting pressure on them, at least in the near term. So that's something to keep in mind. And also to keep into mind is the Russell 2000, the weightage into financials as a sector is quite um, high. Mm. So that has to be taken into account when you look at the interest rate situation as well. So all in, it could be something that could be um, putting pressure on the Russell 2000 in the short term. Yeah, it's been mentioned before that the small cap sector, because of the fact that they require a lot of lending, uh, it's they're going to be likely to be affected by the current period of market stress as well as uncertainty. In fact, analysts have said that you know during this period of uncertainty and market volatility, investors tend to look for stocks with strong balance sheets, significant profit margins, stable business models, as well as growing dividends. All of which are not characteristics are not typically found in small caps space. But some believe that the easing pressure on interest rates should help the small cap index bounce from an oversold period. Ryan, does this present an opportunity for investors to buy in then? Yeah, it's a question of, I guess, your investor horizon, right? And you pointed out how when there's uncertainty, people want to go to the quality names, the names they are familiar with. And these would be the ones we talk about every day from the big companies that you buy your stuff from, your Walmarts, your Disney's, your Nike's. So these are the names people are comfortable with 
especially when things are uncertain, mm. when you go into these companies, you expect dividends, you expect some level of, um, I suppose, strength yeah. and protection. So these companies will benefit at expense of the smaller companies. And I think in this current climate, the bigger large cap companies will gain some ground. And I think we saw this last night as well with the Nasdaq Composite gaining ground to the tune of 0.6% despite rising rates. That could be a factor of how some investors are moving to the bigger tech names as a way of, I guess, comfort or protection to some extent mm. and at the expense of the Russell 2000 names. So I think if you look at it that way, that could be one reason to uh, frame the question around whether small caps is an opportunity right now. It mm. is, um, again, but down to your investment horizon. At some point, it's going to turn around, but whether you can wait it out is another question. How much risk are you willing to take? Now, sticking on the tune of tech, mega tech stocks, Ryan, one investor says that you need the magnificent seven stocks to make it through this difficult time. And this difficult time refers to the rise of the rise of bond yields as well. So, Ryan, that's according to CNBC's Jim Prima, and he has listed about seven stocks or seven mega tech cap stocks that are the big exception during this period of uncertainty. Tell us more, Ryan, and are you on board with any of the stocks? Yeah, this person you're talking about is Jim Cramer and he's well known for giving his thoughts on pretty much everything. Well, that's his job, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, he's the CNBC commentator. So, Magnificent 7 includes the big tech names, Apple, Amazon, Meta, Alphabet, NVIDIA, Tesla, and Microsoft. So what they all have in common is they are pretty big and they have a play in tech and Mm. in many cases, a play on AI. So this is where he feels that these companies have a bit of a moat that they are able to dominate their industries as well as see growth in the future. When you talk about what's in store, you've got software, you've got hardware, you've got AI, you've got metaverse, you've got devices. So all that comes into play and this is looking at some of the market leaders in that space. So he's saying if you want to ride out the volatility, you need to go to quality names such as the Magnificent 7, their strong balance sheets, their huge cash piles. So all these, I guess, um, defensive qualities, so to speak, is useful for investors to have in their portfolio. Mm. Defensive qualities. I like that you mentioned that. I mean, we've also got uh, Kramer saying that Microsoft, Alphabet, Meta and Apple, they've all hoarded cash for years and are now reaping those rewards. In fact, he also said that, you know, given the their, their efforts to even earn a little extra income is sort of just a waste of time. To reach that stage, I suppose it takes quite a big load from you as well. Now let's move over to China. One news that's making headlines for weeks now is China's Evergrande Group. And if you've been following, Hui Ka Yan, the founder of China Evergrande Group, that's at the epicenter of China's property crisis, has been put under police control, suggesting that the firm may have entered into a new phase involving the criminal justice system. And that's question over the future of the world's most 
debted developer after its setbacks to its restructuring plan in recent days that has that have roiled the financial markets and raised the risk of a liquidation. Ryan, for those of us who aren't following with the story, can you share with us the timeline and what a possible liquidation means for investors involved? Yeah, Evergrande has been, well going through quite a tough time in the past few years. And we first heard of it under some pressure back when it had a lot of liabilities and unable to pay up for some of those liabilities. I think in more recent times, what has been in focus has been its wealth management arm. So this is where it was supposed to pay back its investors' installments pretty much interest payments on what they invested in. So the problem was in the past few months, they have started to cut back on those payments. So just to give you an idea, uh, it was supposed to initially pay back 10% installments on their principal on a quarterly basis. Mm -hmm. So three months ago, they started to cut down those payments. So this eventually saw it being cut from 8,000 to 2,000 yuan and then to 500 yuan. So for an investment for around 100,000 yuan, it will take about 17 years for full repayment to come through. So this is where, you know, they are struggling to repay their retail investors. I think this is where policymakers started to get a bit more uh, active to manage what's going on. And I think it's a reflection as well of how China is more focused or at least prioritizing what happens to the retail folks mm. to protect them in some sense. So when they are you know, seeing that there's potential social unrest, especially with uh, the retail folks, they are stepping in in a bigger fashion. I think this is where the wealth management problems for China Evergrande was the last straw um, to so-called break the back for Authorities. So, in that sense, police are now stepping up and they are starting to open up avenues for people to complain against yeah. Evergrande because, in the past two years, retail investors did not really get any headway when it came to getting authorities to listen to them. But now mm. there's a lot of methods for them to file complaints, including sending SMSs. So, you've got a bit of a change in tone when it comes to how the police are reacting to Evergrande investors right now. Mm. Thanks a lot for that, Ryan. Yes, in fact, you know, it's been sitting at the center of years-long property crisis, which has been hurting the Chinese economy and hampering and hammering the confidence in the housing market as well. Now, given that the property China's property market makes up quite a bit of its economic growth, Ryan, what then would this mean for its broad? It's broader economy. Yeah, so the property market is a huge one in China and there are many ancillary sectors as well. Services, the construction industry, and the list goes on, right? It has a huge knock-on impact. So the property market is still in the doldrums and I suppose it's going to take some time for things to turn around because you need confidence in spending to return. You need confidence in the labour market to also return. And the last we saw, we had high unemployment numbers among the youth. And when you think about it, 
you need the youth to start buying homes yeah. in order for the property market to bounce back. Mm. So you have a few structural issues that need to be resolved and I suspect it's going to take some time before these uh, get resolved. Yeah. In fact, I mean, right now, China Evergrande Group, they are seeking to resume their stock trading in Hong Kong today. And that's following a halt last week. Uh, like we've mentioned about billionaire, the billionaire founder Hui Ka Yen uh, arrests by the police. And this has to do with the the attempted or the alleged uh, attempt to transfer assets offshore while the company was struggling to complete unfinished projects. So as of now, the troubled property group said that there is no pertinent information that needs to be disclosed. And analysts are now saying that Evergrande's shares should react negatively to the news as the chairman issue will continue to be an overhang as well. It remains to be seen how this story will develop. We'll continue to keep you updated as the day goes by. Now, Ryan, we're going to play a game of up or down. And it's a very simple game for those of you out there. All you got to do is guess whether a stock or a topic is going to be an up or a down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. First on the list, we've got crypto. All right, crypto. I am leading towards up and this is with the headline around um, investors who well fell victim to FTX in the sense are still quite bullish on crypto. So they are saying among them um, some of the investors saying that they did not make a mistake in backing crypto but they made mm. a mistake on backing the player in the sense FTX. So their fundamental um, I guess bet is still in place. They feel the upside is still there for Bitcoin and crypto, but it was just a mistake backing FTX. So this um, coming through from a bit of a aggregation of opinions from some of the FTX customers who lost money in FTX. Mm. The faith has not been all lost in the cryptocurrency space. I'm probably going to go with an up as well. Most of them are still optimistic on the industry and plan to keep investing. Next on the list, we've got Sphere Entertainment. So this is an entertainment and media company under the um, New York Knicks owner, James Dolan. So a bit of a pet project for him. And they had a... Successful opening weekend of its new Las Vegas venue. So shares up over 11%. So a good time for Sphere. Yeah, they plan to call itself a next generation entertainment medium that aims to bring a fresh take to life entertainment fit with futuristic dome-shaped arena and wall-to-wall video screens. It looks quite Good, have you actually. been to Vegas before? No, I haven't actually yeah, have been. You been to Vegas is quite, I'm not sure there's a word for it, outlandish because uh-huh. on the strip you've got uh, a fake pyramid, you've got okay. a fake Eiffel Tower and wow. now you've got a giant crystal ball. It does look a little a little bit like the moon, you know, during the uh, eclipse. It looks like the moon as well. So yeah. it is well, making it a bit more interesting on the, the, the stuff you can see on the strip. I guess you can, uh, it's living up to its name as the entertainment city then. Las Vegas, uh, Sphere Entertainment, I'm going to go with an up for them. Next on the list, we have God, EV maker Tesla. All right, I am going with down because deliveries for Tesla are down. It looks like production is down, so affecting 
the, the number of cars you can sell. Mm. Yes, I'm going to go with a down as well. The factory faces downtime that's led to its first quarterly delivery decline in more than a year. So, uh, doesn't seem like good news for Tesla. Let's move on over to Raffles Medical Group. Okay, so this is going to be an up for me. It is buying a hospital in Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City, valued at over 45 million US dollars. So, it is called American International Hospital. So, it's buying a majority interest there. Yeah, they, they say that the partnership would enable you know the RMG to augment its clinic operations in the city, while also meeting the growing demand for private healthcare services in Vietnam. It is also likely to enable the group to further diversify its hospital operations beyond just Singapore and China as part of its long-term strategy. Quite certainly some good news here for Raffles Medical. I'm going to go with an up. Last on the list, we have got Dynamag. All right, this is the offshore oil and gas contractor. So it's going to be up for me because it has won more contracts from its old customers, so repeat customers to the tune of $88 million. So this uh, raises net order book to over $630 million. In the name of loyalty, I'm going to go with an up as well. $88 million from repeat customers. And adding that the construction of the top site modules will begin in the first quarter of next year. And the project is scheduled to be completed by 2025 in the third quarter as well. Good news for Dynamic. I'm going to go with an up. Thank you as always, Ryan, for this breakdown of Market View. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Same time, same place. Meanwhile, continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.